And in verse 2 of chapter 6, he says this, when God spoke to Moses. He said, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, Yahweh, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and have remembered my covenant. Therefore, I say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So Moses spoke to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of the anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of his hand. And Moses spoke before the Lord saying, the children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Well, this is that story where something's got to give. I mean, something has to give here. And we know that since the Lord is orchestrating events and the Lord is speaking and revealing himself to Moses and commanding Moses along with Aaron to do these things, it's going to give. And sometimes in life, it feels like there's a a stalemate. There's a logjam. And like something's got to give. And so often we think because the Lord's not working that he's not hearing or he's actually approving of things that are contrary to him. But sooner or later, something's got to give. They're waiting on the Lord. There's a standstill here. Pharaoh's at war with God. He's hard in his heart. And he's just like, who is the Lord? I don't know the Lord. No one's going to tell me what to do. More bricks without straw. You guys, idle, idle, idle. And the taskmasters beat the people. And the leaders, they give up right away, that thinking God's going to deliver them. The religious leaders, excuse me, the, the Jewish leaders, they're like, they blame Moses and Aaron. So it's like a standstill. And then God appears to Moses and says all these things. I am Yahweh. I'm the Lord. I keep my covenants. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to redeem. I'm going to rescue. I'm going to make you my people. I'm going to take you. These incredible promises. And Moses has them all in his heart in his relationship with the Lord. And he goes and tells the people. And they're like, yeah, we're not, we're not going for it. Because the anguish and the cruel spirit of bondage. So they're so beaten down and so discouraged that they have this cruel spirit of bondage. And so there's like a, a log jam in the land of Egypt. Here's a nation of millions of people. God's promised to deliver them and to give them the land that he promised their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 400 years prior. And now something's got to give. Well, it looks like a pretty low mark and a little, a very low point for Moses and Aaron. If you think about our lives sometimes, we might have low points or low marks or like a, a low water marker where we just kind of bottom out. This is a bottom out moment. Like Moses is going to have other up and down experiences with the Lord. But you got to figure this is a bottom out moment. If you've ever gone out and gone out on a limb for the Lord to risk things, to go out and start a church or go out on a mission trip or go out in the mission field or start a, start a business 
and especially if you're a believer and you feel led to start a business and the Lord's leading you and you do stuff and things don't go the way you think they should or, you know, you can be newlyweds and you go off on this great adventure and it all falls through and just life has incredible setbacks where we can find ourselves where as the people of God, we are so discouraged and we've lost faith and we're, we're disheartened and everything around us is the anguish, the spirit of anguish and cruel bondage. There's a low morale and there's a undergoing current of great conflict in the social environment right now for Moses in this situation. And yet God's words burn in his heart. God's revealed himself to Moses. God has said, I'm Yahweh. I mean, he's the one person on the planet walking around with a further revelation of God than anyone else has ever lived in human history. And yet he can't get his own people to listen to him. And he's very discouraged. It's hard. It's hard when you believe God has shown you to do something and you take steps toward that and you don't really see the fruit that you thought you'd see. I think it's a pretty common thing to have an expectation. When you, when you know God's spoken to you and you know that you know you've heard from the Lord. Now, here at Worship Generation for years, I've had a saying, and uh, particularly with the pastors, that I gauge things by a couple things. Like, eh, it, it could be the Lord. I don't know. That's one standard. Then I have like, well, I'm 95% it's the Lord. That means I'm leaning strongly that I, you know, like the circumstances, I'm 95% certain this is the Lord. Then I have... I'm 99% certain this is the Lord. It's like I'm so close to just wanting to speak like a prophet with absolute authority, put my words on the line for all of time and eternity, but I'm not completely. Like, I'm so close. So I'll say I'm 99% certain that this is the Lord. But then there are times, and those that have served with me would know, there's times I say, I know that I know this is the Lord. Even just a few months ago, I said to the pastors, the deacons, and the board of elders of this church, and witnesses are here tonight, that I was extremely excited. And you could see the passion in my heart when I said, we're, we're, we're redoing our whole concept of who we are with Worship Generation. We're an, God reminded me we're an outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And we need to get back to the outreach element of who we are that established us 20 years ago. And with Sam as my witness and Ryan as my witness, I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to move toward outreach. We need to be thinking like outreach within our church sanctuary. And now we're here tonight, four of us in the great pandemic of 2020. But we, we, need to, we need to immediately yoke with other churches around us that are doing things, and we need to connect with them. Now, I've spent quite some time praying for different community outreaches of different nature, obvious ones like Beachside Summerfest or you know, Labor of Love with Joe Kathleen Pettick down the road here with Calvary Chapel of the Harbors. But the idea of outreach, like, we need to go out, like, we need to we need to think about what we're doing. And so it came to me like, hey, we need to do, we need to reboot our Instagram. We need to reboot our Facebook. We need to reboot. We need to set up a YouTube channel for Worship Generation, Joy Brand. And I, I, we need to be thinking about this and that. And at the same time, in the latter part of last year, I spent a whole year working on the DJ board and dance stuff and building sets. And at various times I felt a little discouraged, but I was certain, 100% certain a guy told me, get a DJ board and run with the passion that you have and I'll open doors and I'll show you what to do. And through various circumstances, the end of last year, I was like, Lord, I've done this for a whole year and I've made myself available to go through doors and not one door is open, not one. And uh, I'm just sitting in my bedroom mixing beats and doing different stuff and I just, 
And, and uh, I actually was like, I just kind of laid it down. It's like, I, I'm done. And the Lord, the Lord absolutely said, do not quit. Keep going and find another gear. And it was the beginning of this year when I actually started taking DJ classes. Like I learned stuff and did stuff, but I took the time to like pay for and do DJ classes. Like to learn the discipline of how you do stuff. And I'm still taking them, obviously. I've been doing a lot of dance stuff where I study stuff and go like, okay, like, well, that's how you do that and, you know, whatever. But as this year began to go forward, and when I met with the pastors and deacons here, I was 100% certain of a number of things. To do the DJ board worship music, to do the YouTube, redo the Facebook, redo Instagram, and not be trepid or timid with this stuff, but move and get it out there and be prepared for major outreach, whatever God whatever door God would open up. I had no idea that he'd open up the doors that are opening up right now on planet Earth, right now, this night, as we go into April 2020. But I share all this because sometimes you just know, uh, you're 100% certain that God has spoken to you, and your dogs might not even believe you. Your dogs always believe you, right? You say, we're going on a walk. They think they're going on a walk. Like, you can be, there are times you might be the only person on the planet that believes what God has spoken to your heart. And you got to hold fast to that. It's always too early to quit. Just because the doors haven't opened and just because the timing hasn't happened, it does not mean that it's not the Lord. It's like Habakkuk said, wait for the vision. It'll come in its appointed time. I will do a work in your day that will declare to you, you would not believe it. God, God has an appointed time for what he's appointed you for in your life and your purpose. And Moses is at ground zero in the center of God's perfect will at this point in his life. And yet, it would seem nothing good is happening and nothing's happening that confirms it. He feels like God of the burning bush, who he's been hearing from. Yahweh has said all these things and he's there and his own people won't listen to him. He's got conflict with Pharaoh and there's, it's zero. There is zero evidence to confirm at this point apart from in his own heart, what happened with him and the Lord, that this is ever going to happen. In fact, Moses, along with his brother Aaron, they might be the only people on the planet believing that God is going to redeem the people, that God is going to rescue the people, that God is going to take the people and make them his people. Because we saw they did not heed Moses. Just because a door hasn't opened and just because people haven't heeded what you believe God's called you to do, just because you've had setbacks you didn't encounter, just because the dream story didn't play out the way you thought it would, just because there's anguish and cruelty and beatdowns does not mean that the vision is not from the Lord. It does not mean that God's not going to do something great right around the corner. It just means you're being prepared for what he is going to do. Because beatdowns and anguish and cruelty against you falsely and wrongly when embraced by faith and in the character of Jesus Christ, will make you like Jesus so you can actually be more efficient when he does open those doors to lead a multitude to the kingdom. But right now, it's nothing but beatdowns, anguish, cruelty, mocking, and unbelief. And yet, Moses has heard from the Lord. And heard from the Lord like no one else has ever heard from the Lord in human history at this juncture. And he is perfectly in God's will. 
Now, we know that in hindsight. God spoke to Moses. God is speaking to you and speaking to me and speaking to us through his word. He will speak to us through his word universally, but he will speak to us personally, and he will put things on our heart that he wants us to do. And if you discipline yourself to hear the still small voice for us or see the confirmation in various things that God might do, he will confirm his will. And because the timing hasn't happened should not cause us to lose heart. We are called to wait on the Lord. We wait on the Lord's part of it. And another thing I've said for years is God has the right person at the right place at the right time. And you're in God's calling. You are the right person. And there's a right place and a right time to fulfill totally what you're meant to be. And we often think that God's will is going to look super fruitful this way, like a harvest crusade. But God's will might just be Pharaoh hates your guts and wants to destroy you, and he's persecuting God's people because of you. God's will in your life might be that the people that you thought would deliver, they don't listen to you, they don't heed you, and they've got to beat down anguish and cruelty. God can use all that. Because like I shared when I taught this text verse by verse, it's the journey that prepares us for the destination. And there are things that happen on the journey. Those things that seem unfair, or why doesn't anyone listen to me? Or how did this happen this way? And how come it's not going this way? Those things are all refining elements to prepare us with character to fulfill the call of God. Because we'll see in, later on in the life of Moses, he's the most humble man on the planet. The most humble woman, the most humble man, they're the most usable person on the planet. Because God resisted probably gives grace to the humble. So here, after God just says, I'm the God of the burning bush. I will do this. I will do that. I will do that. And no one listens to him. It's like, wow, he's got all this revelation from God. And he's just sitting there like, wow. And you start thinking, maybe, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe I didn't hear the Lord. Maybe I need to throw the shepherd's staff and just go back to, my wife got mad at me on the journey and got a great job with my father-in-law. Maybe I should just go back to Midian. Like, no, it's too, it's too early to quit. So why you need to know, when, when people go out in the ministry field, the mission field, or step out in ministry to do work, I always sound like, you need to know that you're called. Not because I said you're called or confirm your call or someone else. You need to know, because you're going to wake up in a distant land, and you need to know on that dark day in a distant land, you need to know that God has called you and sent you in his authority and his power. And Moses is at that point. He's going he's gonna to have incredible ministry, and there's going to be signs and wonders from this point on. But at this point, no one believes his vision. No one, except maybe his brother Aaron. And so God says, go and tell Pharaoh, my people are leaving, and let them go. Now, there's a bigger picture there between God and Pharaoh, and there's always a bigger picture between God and your boss and God and your community, God and your president, God and your prime minister, God and... There's always a bigger picture. There's always more going on. Like you think, well, God, isn't the path of... Listen, God, if I'm going to go tell Pharaoh, let the people go, would it be great? Like, would it stand to me, it stands to reason, that God's will be like, oh, of course, God spoke to you. Of course we'll let the people go. That's what reasonable people do. You'd think that's how it would work, and you'd think that's how you want it to work. But there's so much more going on. We're told in Romans that Pharaoh is a vessel of wrath. That Pharaoh's hardening heart, hardened heart, is on display for all humanity, for all human history to look at and say, don't ever be like Pharaoh. 
it's not just about the deliverance from Egypt for God's people, but it's also even what God does with a vessel of wrath, we're told in the book of Romans, and the purpose of that. So there's always more going on. Like, God, why doesn't Pharaoh just say, yeah, of course, you know, God's God, I'm, I'm a king, but I'm not God. Sure, go. No, it doesn't. There's always more, and God's using all of it, even like what's going on in our world right now with COVID-19. There's so much more going on than think, like, you could lay in bed at night, and maybe you do, and you think, like, wow, I wonder where all this is going to end up. Like, I kind of think this stuff, because I just, it's kind of like a hobby, but then I have to turn it off. Like, well, I wonder what it's going to be like, our relationship with China, when we turn the corner. And when I see England covering our back and coming after China, I'm like, well, that's interesting. You know, that's like the old world, like 150 years ago, you know, like, where's this going to go? Right. And what about Iran? Like, I mean, they wanted to blow us off the planet. You know, they were shooting missiles at us a couple months ago and now they're all dying and we try and help them, but they won't accept our help. Like, well, wonder what the Middle East is going to look like. And you know what I'm saying? Like, man, we just don't know. My world, I put a mask on when I go to the bank. <laughs> and I keep six feet of social distance. And I wash my hands a lot. And I try not to touch my face. And I'm getting better at it. I'm more conscious of it. I'm, I'm trying. My little world is my world. But there's a bigger world out there. And who even knows how it's affecting the brethren in Russia and like this and that and everything else, right? There's always more going on than you think. So like, hey, like I, I was starting the verse-by-verse verse 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 study of this passage. It'd be great. Like, it would have been great if we could have had been the resurrection of America in Easter 2020 and all our churches are open. It's not going to happen. This is not going to happen. Not for us or anyone else on the planet. Don't take it personal because you're American. Like some of us, it's because we're American. We can't have church on Easter. Hey, most of the world, you look at the Vatican lately? Hey, most of the world's not having church on Easter in any collective way. And if they do, they're probably going to be arrested. Or they're all going to get sick and die and kill each other from the plague. It's just the way it is. There's more going on than we know. Do you understand New York City the first week of April 2020? I don't understand New York City. Do you understand Los Angeles? The decisions governor's making, the president's making, the smart people that are around him at all of his press conferences, the people who hate his guts? I don't know. Why does God allow these people that, I don't know. There's always more going on than we know. But what matters is, again, we think of our own life, like, hey, I'm going to do this and do that. But my calling is my calling. I'm looking to fulfill my calling in April 2020. And if that's teaching the text this way with three people in the sanctuary, four counting me, or dropping beats and finding new songs, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the best I can because there's always more going on than what we know. And this is not how I pictured April. <laughs> Easter next week is not going to be like how I pictured it at all. Just four weeks ago, let alone eight weeks ago. But there's always more going on. And we want to go tell Pharaoh what to do and how it's going to be. But it doesn't always go the way we want it to go. But that doesn't mean we're not in God's will. And it doesn't mean God's not working. We have to keep that in mind. It just seems so simple. Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, let the people go. Like, yeah, well, yeah. But that hasn't worked so far. Who knows? But just know this. In God's will, hearing his voice, you know. And you do as best you know to tell Pharaoh what's going on. And there's more going on. Just because he's not listening or it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. We have to see the whole end game. Like again, Habakkuk, I'll do a work in your day. The Lord declared to you, you would not believe it. 
And there are things God's going to do in your life and our lives in the future that if God declared it to us on this, this month of April 2020, we wouldn't believe it. He's like, that's crazy. You wouldn't believe it. But you never know. There's a bigger picture. And just because it's not going our way doesn't mean, just because Pharaoh's not listening to us doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan in that for a bigger picture. There's always more going on than we know with the Lord. Then we also see that the children of Israel, he says to the Lord, yeah, how's he going to listen to me? The children of Israel don't even heed me. You know, verse 12. Like, if I try and tell these people this. They don't listen. They're the employees. How am I going to tell the boss what's up? Like, how's that going to work? And then he really cuts to the quick where he says, I just uncircumcised lips. I know my mouth is like sealed shut. It's, it's blocked. I just, I can't, I, I can't speak. But we are told in Acts that he was a great speaker. That he's a great speaker. The New Testament tells us he was a great speaker. And so this is something that to me is, is, a, is a warning or a danger or something that we can learn from because Moses is, is lost confidence in what he's called to do and he's making excuses to the Lord on why he can't do it. And he's looking a little too long in the mirror. And if you look a little too long in the mirror, you'll talk yourself out of anything the Lord wants to do. Because the problem with the mirror, when you're focused on yourself, there's, there's two major problems. One is you really like what you see, and then you get prideful. So you're just going to get crushed. Like, uh, no, you're going to get crushed. Or you look in the mirror, and you so do not like what you see that you just get discouraged from anything and everything God wants to do in your life. And that's why we need to just look up to the Lord and look out at people. And, and all I've been ever called to do as a pastor going to ministry and as a surf coach on Olympic level, if I look in the mirror too long, I get really discouraged. I, get, I can get prideful, but more than not, I get really discouraged. Like, I can't even coach. I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, you know, and there's plenty of people that would have said, Joey Brand can't coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. He just gets people fired up, and some people respond to that. But as an actual coach, he's not a great coach. And, like, I just could not look in the mirror too long and say, I'm an Olympic coach. Because I just go like, actually, I'm not. I'm just a pastor, and I made myself available, and I love people, and I care about these people, and I pray for them, and I can get them fired up, and I believe in dreams, and I won the pipe master, so sure, I can get people fired up, but there's a lot better coaches. So you look in the mirror, you can get discouraged by what you see, and you can only see your failures or your shortcomings without the Lord or what hasn't happened. But if you look up, you look into the Lord, and you're looking to him, and it's not the ability, but it's the availability. And when I look at the Lord, I gain confidence. And then I look at people, that's the outlet of my confidence. So I'm willing to take steps of faith. I'm willing to go out on a limb. Yeah, if I think too much about it, man, I'll talk myself out of anything. If I keep my eyes on the Lord, and not about me, and my limits, and I look at what serving people, I'll be okay. And so will you. So will you. And this is an important lesson because Moses says, how, how will this happen? Because that hasn't even happened. And I am this. I can't speak. I'm not the right speaker. It's like you could put that in anything in your life. Because if you're really confident in something to do, that might be the very reason why God doesn't call you to do that. God wants to get you out of your comfort zone and to step out in faith to do things out of your comfort zone. Now, he'll use natural skills and talents that you might have, but he'll break you down so you're not confident in yourself for those, and then he'll get you out of your comfort zone to do those things. And he'll just, 
He'll call you. And if you say, like, hey, I'm the best speaker ever. Yeah, God, I got this. Man, I'll teach Pharaoh a lesson. Man, you want to do this? Like debate, like college debate team, me and Pharaoh? Let's go, bro. Let's do this. No, like, forget that. I'd still rather be most going, like, you know what? You got the wrong guy. I'm not the guy. But in the end, he is the guy. So don't look too long in the mirror or you'll be convinced of what you can't do. You know, like when I look at dancing or DJ stuff, I can only watch so many videos of really good dancing because I realize I'm not a very good dancer at all. And then when I look at DJ stuff, like really good DJs, I go like, these guys have been doing this. Well, I can't say for years because some of those DJs are like teenagers. <laughs> they, just, they just get it, you know? But like, I mean, so I just look like, well, there are two generations behind me and they can figure it out. I, like, I didn't even go to school when they had computers, right? <laughs> even when I did go to school, they didn't have computers. We didn't have desktops. But I'm like, I love music. I love good music. You know, so like, in thinking about like DJ stuff and just doing ministry and stuff like that, I can't, I can't measure myself or look in the mirror too long. Measure myself by what else is out there, but look in the mirror too long. I can just say, Lord, I believe you call me to do this, and I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to discipline myself with these things and get better at it so I can serve you in this thing. But I have no self-confidence in this. But I'm willing to go for whatever we want to do. And we only live once. And if I'm, if I'm the dancing monkey, that works for me. You know, it's all good. You ever see Mary Poppins, the new one? Remember Dick Van Dyke? He's like 92 and he's dancing on the, on the table. It's one of the best movie scenes of all time. I'm serious. Dick Van Dyke is 92 years old and he's dancing on a desk in Mary Poppins. So I was like, hey, I told Jennifer, I go, that's how I want to be when I'm 92. I want to jump up on that table and just like start doing like a shuffle move or something. So anyways, it is what it is. And I share from my own heart because if you look in the mirror too long, you're just going to be convinced that you're of uncircumcised lips. You're going to talk yourself out of what God's called you to do. You need to look up and be confident in the Lord. And again, like I was saying earlier, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Because whom God calls, he equips. I mean, look at the day of Pentecost. Like, I just keep telling myself, he gave them tongues of fire and foreign languages. Not one of those guys on the day of Pentecost spoke those languages before that day. Antes este día. And so I asked the Lord, even when I was learning Spanish, you gave them supernatural, the ability to speak languages they had never spoken before. So as I'm trying hard to learn Spanish, could you please give me Spanish? And I've done the same thing with Russian. See, the way I see it is that the Bible is filled with miracles. Peter walking on water. Oh, just, just keep going, going, going. There's, there's, there's no end to it. Floating axes. I mean, it just... Because when God's supernatural comes on a situation, he takes it over and he supersedes the temporal with the eternal and he can make axes float and tongues of fire on people's head and they're speaking languages they never spoke. I mean, Acts chapter 2 is amazing. He takes over their cognitive capacities. And so I look at a DJ board going like, hey, could you take over my cognitive capacities? Could you help me with frequencies and beat matches? Like, I know it's kind of dummy proof, but could you help me? Yeah, like, that's how I need to look at it. But if I look in the mirror like, I got to do this, and I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm of uncircumcised lips like Moses. Don't do that. Look up. Stand firm on what God's showing you to do. Be confident in what he's called you to do. And just because Pharaoh's not responding and the people aren't listening, just because there's been a series of setbacks or there's no confirmation that you're doing the right thing, don't let, them, let that move you from what God's called you to do. Let it be settled in your heart what you know God's called you to do. And that's what Moses has to do. He's going to be... He's going to be changing water to blood. He's going to see his staff turn into a snake and eat the other guys, the magician snake. He's going to see all kinds of stuff. He's going to see the, the, the Red Sea parted. He's going to walk through a coagulated ocean, essentially. He's going to walk. Like, it's just getting started. It's just getting started. So just because it hasn't happened 
doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And don't be discouraged by what you see in the mirror. Be encouraged by what you see when you look up and be burdened by what you see when you look around and keep yourself available to the Lord and see what he'll do. Because it comes back to this last verse here. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command for the children of Israel and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Hey, nothing's changed. Do what you're called to do. I'm commanding you to do what you're called to do. See, we often think like, oh, it's God's will. Like, yeah, you know, God's gracious, Christian liberty, spirit of liberty is love. And yeah, I mean, I guess I'll go for it. Like, no, he's commanded us to do what we're called to do. You know, when you're called to do something, if he commands you to move out of state and do this, you need to move out of state and do this. If he commands you to learn a language, learn the language. It's not, you know, when God's moving in your life, he didn't create you for suggestions. He, it's commands, like he's Lord. Jesus is Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So if you said, work on your dancing, work on your dancing. If you said, learn the DJ board and how to mix frequencies, then do it. And whatever he wants to do, it, that's his business. If he says, study the Bible so you can be a youth pastor, study the Bible so you can be a youth pastor. If he says, move to Russia and be a missionary, move to Russia and be a missionary. You do it. It's what you do. It's a command. He's commanding them. You know, we don't talk a lot about Jesus commanding stuff. But he says, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. Like, the Great Commission is not a suggestion. Preaching the gospel to every creature is not a suggestion. Being set apart and sanctified is not a suggestion. Planning Bible-believing churches is not a suggestion. Walking according to the Spirit and not the flesh is not a suggestion. Serving others as a servant of all is not a suggestion. These are the commands of the Lord. And in following these commands, there's blessings. Even as when you're under godly parents and obeying the commands of the parents, there's blessings. God's commandments are blessings. The Ten Commandments are blessings. Everything about God's law is good. There's nothing bad in God's law. It's all good. Because God is light and him is no darkness at all. So when you think about how God wants to use you in the year of our Lord, 2020, which is unbelievable this year on planet Earth, in the month of April, in the midst of the shut-in, contagion, pandemic, maybe you saw those movies of the past. We're in that movie. We're like living in that movie. It's insane. And what we need to do is kind of wipe the slate clean and not think about so much everything prior to this, apart from the Lord's faithfulness, but really look at where we're at right now and draw into the Lord, draw near to the Lord under house arrest, if you will, with the Lord. Because that's it's great. I like it. I like Hey, my wife has been getting up so early for so many years to go open the doors at Calvary School. You know, she wrote down the other day, it's like, get up when I want to. Uh, sleep when I want to, eat when I want to. Like, my wife has had a demanding schedule for 32 years since we got married as a pastor's wife and a mother with all these kids, as an employee of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And she's like, you know, see her, like, doing a morning devotion, 8.30, relax, and just waiting on the Lord. It's a special time. We may never have this time again. Use this time wisely to draw unto the Lord and know what the God of burning bush, Yahweh, is saying to you what he has for your life today and what he has for your life tomorrow and the future. Reboot the vision. Like, get it and, and let it be firm in your heart, like Jesus being your cornerstone. Like, get it, receive it, believe it, wait on it, run with it, whatever it is, but get it. And, and, and receive it and look up and look out 
and just wait on God's timing for what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. And when he says do it, you go. And don't consider it like an option. See it as a commandment because the blessings are in obedience. Throughout the Bible, it's blessed are you if you do this. But if you don't, then there's just, it's your choice. God's not going to make us obey him, but why wouldn't we? As for the word of the Lord is perfect, it's proven. He's a shield to all those who trust in him. And his will is perfect. And what he wants to do is perfect. He doesn't want us to settle in our dregs. He wants us to be poured out from vessel to vessel that will become who we're meant to be in character and fulfill the great things of our lives. And I just close with this thought. I think of Hudson Taylor when I really talked about, about Hudson Taylor about a year ago when I reread his book, Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret. But he just kept going for it and going for it. And the things he went for, no one could even believe that he was going for it. That's how you want to be. You want to completely go for it. And even if they don't believe and Pharaoh's fighting you, trust in what God's shown you and keep building on it, waiting on it, and let it rip when the door opens up. Because it's about to get really exciting in Egypt. And Moses is running point. He is the quarterback. He is the leader. And these very people who would not heed him They're going to follow him to the parted Red Sea. And this man, Pharaoh, who fought him, he's going to drown in that Red Sea. Let God be true and every man a liar. The will of the Lord will be proven. So we want to be part of it. Here I am, Lord. And don't think about what's not happening. Think about who's on the throne and what he's called you to do. And wait for it and run with it when it's time.